Welcome to the Phenomenal Career Podcast, the show where you hear the how, why and what it takes to build a phenomenal and fulfilling career that stands out. I'm your host, Just Jazz, career success coach and tea lover who believes you can do this work and more with a dose of reality, curiosity, challenge and intention to enable you to show up and go get the growth your career deserves. Welcome to this week's episode of the Phenomenal Career Podcast. I'm really, really excited today to introduce you to Egbe Manton. Hi, Egbe. Hi, Jazz. How are you? I'm really well, thanks. Thank you so much for joining me. So excited for us to jump into your career journey, your story. I guess we'll start from where we are right now. Like, who are you? What do you do? What do you get up to? It's <laughs> <laughs> a very big question. <laughs> um, so who am I? Uh, well, Egg um, I am a corporate lawyer and I also run a legal consultancy uh, for startups and small businesses. That's what I do. That's what I love to do. That's amazing. And so like something would be wrong if I didn't point out that one thing that we do have in common is that we have the full-time job and the business outside of that. And I'd love to kind of ask how did how did that happen? Like what inspired you to start your own legal agency? Uh, I think it was by accident and I wasn't planning it. I The pandemic had hit and uh, a lot of people were reaching out to me saying that they couldn't get good quality legal guidance. They didn't know what to do with all these clients that were terminating their contracts and what were their legal positions. And so I was giving out like, you know, that kind of friendship kind of type, you know, guidance and advice. Oh, you should do this, you should do that. And then I thought there's loads of people coming to me. Why do I not do something? There's clearly a gap here and people are needing this. So why not step into that gap? Amazing. And how long have you been practicing law? Like where did that journey start? In terms of just you design that, in terms of you deciding that law is, you know, where it's at for you in terms of a career, how did that journey begin? I was like one of those annoying children that just knew, just knew what they wanted to do. And it wasn't, I feel like it, I, I wasn't, I didn't look for it, it came looking for me. Because um, I think the earliest memory was of Stephen Lawrence and the, um, the, tr- the, elephant and castle inquiry that happened and for me that whole episode of Stephen Lawrence just kind of like blew my mind like I was just like how could someone be at a bus stop and then they just lose their life and then the people that perpetrated that crime are just walking the streets like what is going on it was the 20th century so I couldn't understand that and that's kind of what intrigued me about law how it sometimes it could be so right and yet so wrong so that's why I fell into it and then events that kept happening like Damon Taylor and um, other key events that kept happening just maybe just reinforced to me that I needed to to get involved and to be part of a change in the justice system. Yeah. Those are huge moments that I remember so vividly. Um, and I, I think they were, they impacted the black community in such a massive way because it's exactly what you said. People just going about their business, you know, the first being a teenager at the bus stop, a young boy, like primary school age, just making his way home from the library. 
um, and it showed us what could happen. And then I think in I think in a lot of ways it was very scary, um, but I a hundred percent have seen the legacy of so many people that use that to say no, this is not right. Yeah, this can't be allowed. This can't be right. This shouldn't be happening. Um, and and weaved that into their careers because I think that's a huge thing that we often overlook when we think about career. That it's not just about monetary gain or financial stability roof over your head and all of that stuff and many of us our careers are an expression of our wishes for a new world our vision our intention our passion and like vocation like vocation is the word that describes it right where we feel like this is what I've been put on this earth for this specific time to do and it sounds like a very um it sounds like a very severe thing to say but it's like you were meant to be on the planet at the time of those things happening. Right. Right. So they could be a catalyst for the journey that you were already on. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, it's just, uh, it sounds a bit intense, but I think it's like, there are just some things that some people are drawn to, right? Whether it be something creative, like art or music or something slightly more maybe scientific. It's just, for me, it just happened to look like law. Mm. What's your favourite thing about working in law? That it's ever-changing. There's never one correct answer. There's always like six different answers, depending (laughs) on how you look at it. (laughs) So it's always changing and I love that. Yeah. I had to ask that because I think a lot of people that set up a business outside outside of their full-time role choose a polar opposite or something completely different. Whereas I think you, you know, cut you in half your law. (laughs) Yeah. Like that's what's running all the way through. So I had to ask, like, what keeps you practicing it and um, using that as your sort of work in the world? It's, you know, it's not, I mean, it's not the easiest, especially in, in business, because in my day job, it's very simple, not very simple, but I do it day in, day out. And, and, I'm, and I know kind of what's going to come across my desk. But when it comes to small businesses, I mean, you guys are just like... <laughs> I mean, you guys are just pushing all these boundaries and then you come to me and say, okay, I need an agreement to show this. And I'm like, right. And it, put, <laughs> it makes me think, right? It makes me uh, be a better lawyer. It makes me um, push myself in terms of legal knowledge and skill. And that's what I love about it. Mm. Yeah, I love that. So it's like, it's a challenge and evolving. It sounds like it's a career that kind of keeps you learning. And I guess you can answer this from the perspective of career or being an entrepreneur, you know, what is something that your career is teaching you right now? Uh, I'm going to answer it as an entrepreneur. I'm going to say that anything is possible. So sometimes um, when you're in a corporate lifestyle, you're your career, you know, you're nine to five, there's these in, in a lot of places there's a there's a hierarchy right and then that's meant to be your plot up that's how you promote yourself and you get progression and all the rest of it but I think with entrepreneurship and in, in this area freelance um startup area it's just way more exciting it's just it's not plotted out you could you there is no limit on your ability right if you want to go into a new product line or you want to get new customers in a new market you can it's just thinking about what's the best way to do it and there's that limitless belief is just just fires me every day it's just so exciting 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That creation and that nuance. And as you were saying that, it made me think of how we worked together where it was initially like, let's get some coaching agreements in place. And I think even when we spoke, and I think this is something that a lot of people don't realize that you can do when it comes to legal advice. We had a conversation and discussed probably about four or five different types of agreements. (laughs) You know, I was literally spitballing. I was just like, this is what's happening at the moment. This is what I want to go into. I need to have an agreement for that, agreement for that. And we walked away and we did, we did all the Webby Sighty Cookie policy, privacy policy stuff. We got all of those up to scratch. Um, And I think we did a coaching agreement and then I came back for a group group or corporate agreement. Yeah. And then fast forward six months and I'm just like, (laughs) launching a membership. Need some terms and conditions, <laughs> you know, jump forward six weeks. And I'm just like, okay, I'm working with people who are delivering content for my program. Can I get an agreement for that? And it can sound like I'm like literally just creating agreements. Like you pick apples out of a basket in a store. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of thought that definitely goes back to it, but it literally is the evolution of my business as my yeah. business evolves, understanding that it's important to, but it's also like, accessible for me to protect my interests right clarify my business relationships because Mm -hmm. for all intents and purposes um the amazing coaches that I have within career clubhouse we're friends we're friends first yeah so it's not that I have any sort of you know, this this is not like a scene from Divorce Court, for want of a better word, where it's just like, <laughs> they've run away and turned into this shady character and I need to pay words to protect myself. No, it's not that. It's actually, you know what, out of respect for how they are evolving and running their business, I want them to have somewhere in paper, this is what it looks like if I say to Jazz, I can't continue to deliver this, you know? Right. And there's no qualms. It's like, you know, the notice period is in there both ways. The rates are in there both ways. Content as well, because I I prefer to work with people in a way where I say, these are some topics. You create it. I will keep a copy for my purposes in terms of recordings or whatnot for my students, for my clients. Right. But that's yours. <laughs> Like you created that and that's how it works at the moment in terms of stuff and also giving them the clarity on that. Because especially when you are a small business owner, it is blood, sweat, tears, sleepless nights. All the time. Constantly. Mm. And if having like four pages of plain English, mind you, do not like, as I go through these agreements, I know some of you listening, your head's exploding or melting, but it's it's plain English. If this, then that. When this, then that, mm. you know, but I didn't have to rack my brain over that. I did that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, did. I, just, I just, I just know that when the time is right, I sign there, they sign there and off we go to focus on the creation, focus on the innovation, focus on getting the results for clients and creating the space for people in the community. So like, I'm a fan and that's that was a huge learning for me last year to know that I could have that level of let me let me get a new agreement sorted out like let me there's there's actually a lawyer that I can work with yeah as opposed to you do the google and it's just like I'm not any of these big wigs I can't afford anybody's retainer or yeah hourly rate I just want a document to like you know I paying people for a, a, a document that's pretty much the you know, the invoice for that is the price of the value of my business. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> nobody wants to take out a loan 
to get an agreement. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, the, but the thing is, realistically, people are not going to do that, are they? They're just going to go to a website and copy and paste someone else's or they're going to mm. do something silly, like go on and get, uh, get a template and hope for the best. Because yeah. this, these were the options because no one wants to spend six grand on an agreement mm. or four grand or whatever it is. They just want something simple that's going to work. And the worst of it, which really annoys me, is when people give people agreements and the customer doesn't know what to do with it. They're just like, <laughs> do I just, I'll just sign and hope, like, <laughs> how do you know what's in that agreement? Is it working for you? Does it work for your business? Is it work for your clients? So that's yeah. frustrating for me sometimes, I think. And it needs that's to be a different way. And I think different. it's almost a skill. Like I've been to, you know, had the pleasure of, hearing you speak and I love the fact that you're doing more speaking now but you know you talk about Frankenstein contracts and that you know almost it's the mindset blog when people think of legal stuff and I'm so grateful that like my past life in real estate and commercial surveying means that I can I can sit down and read through clause clause after clause after clause and I I will do that for myself as a default if somebody presents me their agreement but it's something that I take for granted that a lot of people have faced because in regular regular life the only agreements we tend to see are here's your employment contract yeah it's true a lot of people just go yeah let's go for it you know unless you've been involved in property transactions but again when you're involved in property transactions you get advice yeah it's true you are you know you have that sort of support there so I think it's so important as much as we shout about championing small businesses and growing small businesses protecting small businesses needs to be important you've worked hard for this so like actually protect it and that's something that I had to I had to learn right because we don't feel like we necessarily deserve it or we don't think that that fits with the identity of our small scrappy startup but right small scrappy startup when somebody wants to take you for court and you've broken the law, you've broken the law. Right? So, <laughs> so true. Regardless of what size you are, regardless of whether you send, you know, you're making the products from your kitchen or whatever mm. it is, you know, that the the journey that you've taken that we will connect with as humans. Right. In the eyes of something going wrong or being super unclear and uncomfortable, because that's ultimately sometimes what it would be, um, having that paperwork is super important. Massively. What are the... And actually, you know, I mean, we had a bit of a chat before we started recording and we were talking about sort of, I guess it's strengths and skills and understanding where yours lie and being like super uh, focused on how you spend your time as an entrepreneur, as an employee, as a mother, mm-hmm. as a human, as a person riding the wave of this pandemic. And I'd just love to know, like, for you... Did you always know what you were good at or has it been a process of understanding your skills and your strengths? Um, I think it's been a bit of both. <clears throat> so I always knew, I've always been like an extrovert and, and I'm able to easily um, be personable with clients and kind of understand their challenges and to get right, right down to the crux of an issue, understand it and problem solve. I think where I, I think... W- in taking on this business, I realized that I have a lot of weak, <laughs> a lot of weaknesses when it comes to the creative element of my business. And we've discussed this before where um, I'm just not, I'm just not, I'm just not wired in that way. Like I'll try my best, but it, it won't look as easy and as faultless when I'm doing slides or when I'm doing a, um, getting a presentation together. The presentation, I'll nail, but the actual slideshow or the look, making something beautiful on my website, 
yeah, it's, it's not it's not for me. <laughs> that's okay, but it's not for me. <laughs> oh my gosh. I think that's so important because I don't think we talk about skills, strengths, talents enough. Like as an actual thing in and of themselves and like even in my work as a career coach that's always the first thing that I want to dive into with somebody um and it's always been my experience when it comes to especially working with women is that you know we ask what, what's your goal what are you trying to you know work on what are you working on at the moment and it's always like this need to fix ourselves yeah three out of five of the goals are around getting better in something that we're not good at and when I think about the mindset that that puts us in, it scares me. And then it also scares me because on the flip side, people don't realize that you actually can work on the things that you are good at. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with having goals that are basically, I'm just going to get better at the stuff that I find really easy. And when you think about, certainly when I think about people that are at the top of their game in terms of leadership roles, right. um, running companies, being experts in their field, I don't imagine they're obsessing over the things that they're not good at. I imagine they're obsessing over them enough to figure out who else can support, right. what else they need to bring into their team, what resource, you know, if they need to get a consultant and that's what right. it is. But I think it's that acute understanding of either why people have hired you for the role, why you got the promotion, why you got the opportunity or why people work with you. Right. Because, I follow you on Instagram. You've got a lovely feed. I don't work with you for your feed. I think even when I started working with you, your feed, like, it wasn't where, it was like, we didn't meet that way. Nope. <laughs> you know, we we met on the level of, this is what I do and this is what I, I can do. Mm. Like, this is, like, evidence, the work, the, right. the actual talent, the skill, and that's what I need. And I think what I've seen over the past year, especially in the online space, is almost people forgetting that I yeah. describe it as sort of smoke and mirrors yeah. where it's like you have a shiny feed so yeah. I should give you my money now yeah. don't get me wrong right we've touched on it creative creativity is important creative visuals is important for the customer journey getting people to connect but also making things a bit fun like um you'll there'll be links in the show notes for you to go and check out egg based um website feed social talks all that stuff but her company's not boring like yellow <laughs> like, yeah <I> know. <laughs> you know yellow the company is not boring so it's not to say that we don't appreciate what that does for the customer experience and probably if we go through our own lives mm. we're not grayscale humans um so I think there's a space for it, but sometimes that becomes a be all and end all. And when I, when I think about what that looks like for people who are newer to the online space, it can mean not always making the best decisions for themselves in terms of who they work with or just not feeling good enough as well. I think there's an, there's an element of that, of not feeling like we're sort of up to scratch to work with certain yeah. people when honestly, you'd be surprised if you email people and you said, Hey, what's your rate for that? It's like, ah. Oh, pretty agreeable you know and we're talking about in terms of law but you know there's other services and industries Mm. where our heads explode when sometimes they really don't accounting is one of them yeah that's true that's true marketing is another one our heads explode and it's fine for our heads to explode enough for us to realize my head is exploding here maybe I should not be the person to file my tax my like my self-assessment yeah and that's that has to be okay Mm. and I think we're socialized to believe that it's not 
that there is a badge of honor in doing all the things yeah all the time in every department and I get that I get that that's a that's a huge part of starting a business or working in a smaller organization right my background startup so working in a small company where you are employee number eight hell yeah that's going to be your badge of honor that you can juggle that you are the octopus employee doing all the different things right as you begin to grow in your career having a handle on what you bring to the table is so powerful and the same with your business like I like it when I email people and I either get like a really clear out of office or we're working together and it's like excellent super excited to work with you I've copied in xyz you know person human on my team Mm. who's gonna do the rest she's gonna send you everything that you need is that all right awesome see you on the you know see you at the appointed time um and I think celebrating that is is important skills strengths talents knowing what those bad boys are and not just the weaknesses, man. It doesn't make us feel confident. It just reminds me of being in school where, like, I was very crap at physics. Like, I was not very good at maths. But then I realised I was, it wasn't that I wasn't good at maths. I was just in the top set. I was not ever going to achieve any A star. I moved down to intermediate after many tears and a lot of stress. And thankfully, my parents understood. Right. Right. And I just got straight B's. And I was able to reframe my thoughts around not being good at math because I could do math. I just I just was not in the top set. For, I didn't have a talent for maths. It was not a strength. My brain didn't work in that way. I was the drama and English and sociology student mm-hmm. by default. That's always been me, mm-hmm. um, which is weird because I work for an analytics company. <laughs> cycle. There's people behind those numbers. Um, <laughs> So, yeah. So, yeah, that's why I ask you about your skills. I'm always curious about skills. And I guess going back to like your experience within law and legal practice. um, Your business works with younger people carving out their career. And I'd just love to know, like. Why? That's the question. Why? Didn't need to, but you did. Like talk us through what that what that decision was for you and what it looks like today and maybe what it could look like in the future. I think I've always I think I don't know why, but I've it was always a bit of a trial for me to try and get into law. It was it was just like the wrong time to graduate. Um it was like a recession and I found it really hard. And I've always had this thing that I don't want other people to find it as hard as I do, right? Because mm-hmm. sometimes law can be seen as elitist and only for a certain type of person. And I really think that's just a load of codswallop, to be honest. I think um if you're if you're switched on you have a, a passion for it it is possible to teach those young people the skills that they need to be able to be successful in that career and I suppose when I started the consultancy I wanted to be able to have that outlet for young, for young people to be able to come on board get that good quality work experience and be able to use that on their CV so that they could um approach other employers who could give them that formalized training that they need to become a solicitor or a lawyer or whatever or a barrister um and that that's that was my outlet that's and it's just a personal thing i just don't want people to struggle like i did it's just we're the 21st century law should be accessible and whatever i can do to get those people on board or make that journey easier then i'm going to do that Mm. i love that 
I love that because I think it is I think we often can sometimes take for granted not necessarily our lack of privilege we all remember where we started off we all remember what it was like walking into the building or as black women the first day of work was contemplated long before the night before yep yeah and I'm not just talking about wardrobe it was do I need to take out my braids yeah should I straighten my hair for the first day yeah that's the that's the reality of it when we go back to our beginnings of stepping foot into that corporate space Mm. um whether that's law for me it was property and I think creating a space where we've carved life for ourselves where we've been able to move up the ranks for want of a better word never taking for granted where we've come in terms of the privilege that we have or that we're now able to give to our children and not I'm not even talking about privilege in terms of economics I'm talking about knowledge yeah like how to navigate the system how to make the best decision for you how not to get finessed (laughs) yeah like let's be real it shows up in every industry I work in tech people love tech because tech is fun right you can still get finesse there are people still signing contracts to say I will pay you 800 pounds a month and the rest of it will be a promise of stocks that have no value at the moment right so there's so much gold Mm. in the journey that we've taken that I know there's moments where I've taken that for granted. And I think that's where I've always gone out of my way or been open to jump on a call with a younger person trying to get into tech because it keeps me tuned in to the moments where I didn't know what I should put on my LinkedIn, when I didn't know that I could leave a job and survive, when I didn't know that if you go on JobSeekers Allowance, they just pay you back your tax for the first part, (laughs) right? These are things that they don't tell us. So you feel hemmed into certain corners of your career. You feel like I will not be able to survive. And then it just brings on a lot of unnecessary shame. Like as we speak, there's people that are working in careers that they're not happy in, but they Mm. don't know that they can change. They're getting salaries that are subpar, but they don't know that you can negotiate and not get fired. Right. (laughs) Like, you know, there's people that have mental illnesses that they've hidden from their employers because they don't know that it's against the law for them to be treated differently if they disclose it. Right. That is useful and useful information for some depending on where you are in terms of the privileged spectrum spectrum but powerful door opening knowledge yeah for a lot of people yeah yeah it just makes the journey i think slightly easier i mean i was having a chat with somebody um a law student yesterday and she was just saying you know I just needed someone to tell me these things because I didn't know that this stuff was, was a thing. Like I was saying to her, mm. you're really like, she'll, she would be amazing in interview. And I said to her, all of this stuff that you're telling me now in person is not on your CV. Why is it not on your mm. CV? Oh, well, I didn't think that would bit was important or, you know, I didn't think that would be interesting. Like what? That's yeah. like the best bit, the nitty gritty, understanding what you've been doing, what skills you've picked up. So it's just so it is. So sometimes it's just someone telling you something, and it and it just twigs, and you and then you get it. Yeah, hundred percent. And I guess thinking of your own career, what have been those moments for you where somebody's 
metaphorically pulled you to the side or you know had a call with you and given you that that gem I think there, I think there were a couple throughout the years but I think um most recently I think you know I had what I would call um informal mentors and I think sometimes it's important in in your career to have uh, somebody that you can touch base with and knock ideas around because they were kind of like I remember in my early in the early part of my career I was so I was so not shy but I I just mm. I just didn't know that I could be um like really confident and assertive in in my in my opinions so I'd sit there you know and I'd research something for hours and hours and hours I'd be scared to go and tell my boss okay this is what I think mm. and then he would come and ask me and say why haven't you why haven't you come to my desk and tell me what like what is what is this case saying and I'm like oh because I just wanted to make sure I got it right just want to make sure it's right and the thing is, cases are not always right. Sometimes there's different interpretations and there's um, different points of view. But I was just so, it was so important for me to get things right and make it perfect. Mm. And when he sat me down and said, look, it's not about being perfect. You need to just be more assertive. Have an opinion and tell me that opinion and let's debate it, right? And I didn't realise I could do that. I thought I just had to listen to my boss and that was it. I mean, obviously you should listen to your boss. Yeah. But it's important <laughs> also to be able to step up and say, actually, I think there's a different way of looking at this. And when he told me that, I was like, it's just true. Like I needed to be more assertive. And as soon as I was, it, it, things just changed like massively. Like, there's no way I would have opened up a business if I didn't have those skills that he helped me to learn and to develop. Huge. Huge. And things that we sort of take for granted. And I think sometimes it's like, that's what people actually mean when they say bringing your full self to work, because those are the different ways that we don't do it for whatever reasons it is. You've got something to say. You don't say it. You want to be on the project. You don't ask to be on it. You, you know, you play small in your career in lots of these little ways. But when you imagine what it looks like six months of doing that, Right. And that human rocks it to their, you know, annual review. Right. It's a different story to the person who engaged in the dialogue and right. put their hand up and put things forward and said, this is my summary of what's going right. on here. Right. This is what I've researched. And even just from the point of view of not even just from the individual, like your point of view of what that mm. would have done for your career, but what that mm. would have looked like in terms of how people received you as a team member. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like, I think we take that for granted that we are, um, when we are working in an environment, we're not working by ourselves and we're not just like playing to our manager. We are playing on a team. Right. Um, and I think that's why I've always been a fan of sort of 360 feedback or feedback yeah. that involves some sort of peer review because yeah. it deals with the reality that your manager is not the only person that sees you. Um, they are not the only person. And in fact, they they probably see you the least out of <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. People like, you know, they see you in the one-to-ones, you give them the highlight reel or when something is absolutely falling apart, but everything right. in between, they miss that nuance. Whereas the person who you have a, a call or a check-in or a meeting with every single week knows knows you more. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that also then translates into being a business owner and having a team and yes, your clients are going to give you a testimonial, but asking your team members, you know, what do you think I could be doing differently yeah. to support you? Yeah. Am I communicating in the most effective way? Yeah. Um, 
what did you think of this or what did you think of that? And it's like, because you see me before the lights camera action turn on. Like, <laughs> it's true. It's literally that. It's true. And it's, it's having that peer feedback. And I think feedback is almost a lost art. I could talk yeah. about it for ages, but I think it's, I think feedback starts off as this big scary thing because when we get feedback, we get it from our teachers at school, right? Yeah. That's the very first memory that I have of feedback where it's like, I got parents evening. I kind of feel like I know what these three are going to yeah. say. Yep. No clue what this one's going to say. This one, I'm really hoping that she's just fully booked all the time and that seat is never empty. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? And you sit there. And for me, I grew up in a two-parent household. So you're sitting between the two parents mm. and you have to keep your face very pleasant and amenable no matter what is happening, <laughs> no matter what is popping up. You're trying not to get distracted by the people who right. are really not having a great conversation on the table <laughs> next to you. And that's what feedback is. It's this surprise thing that you get hit over the head with. Yeah. And regardless, it's traumatizing because then you get in a barrage as well. So even though you've, you've lift up, you know, you sit up from one seat with one teacher and you're beaming and then you go to the other one and you have to neutralize your face on the way. So you can't all the way fully celebrate. So after like bouncing around eight different teachers, it's when you're leaving the school grounds that you're trying to figure out the temperature of your parents. (laughs) Are you going to get beats when you get home? (laughs) And you've forgotten all of the actual feedback. Like if there was actual feedback that starts off with, you know, jazz could improve in these ways. No, 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 no. There's too much emotions going on there for me to consume all of that. We can talk about that. Miss, you're going to write this down. Yeah. Okay. We can do that later because in the moment I'm trying to figure out whether we're going McDonald's or whether we're going straight home. (laughs) Like it's that, that was the introduction of feedback so you get into the workplace and somebody says feedback and it's like oh my gosh I need to be super duper shiny or I'm now every six months somebody's going to tell me where I'm doing something wrong right as opposed to this is a dialogue yeah and I'm going to be given advice to improve and I think that's why it's so important I think the shift that we've seen where managers we have managers as mentors managers as coaches leaders as coaches leaders as mentors is so 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 important because it creates the foundation for actual real feedback where it's like I'm not just going to tell you off I'm going to tell you what you could do differently based on either my own experience or we're going to work together to figure out how we can overcome this thing together and then it doesn't become a scary thing and it becomes habitual and it becomes just like an ongoing conversation for you to then sort of perform but there's just so we just find out about it in the weirdest, most warped and emotionally intense way for just yeah. No it, can, reason. It, it can literally change your life. I think it sounds it sounds a bit like oh, corny. It can change your life, but it can <laughs> literally change your. It can like I, I I always ask the paralegals that I work with or the consultants that I work with in the business give me feedback mm. because and I like that because it's a continual thing and they they will see things that I won't spot because I'm too busy doing A B or C. And I, and I love the fact that they're open and honest with me and say like, Egbe, you dropped me this voice note. I still have no clue what you want me to do. <laughs> <laughs> Which is okay, because at least we know and let's rectify that and I'll do better next time, right? Yeah. But having that open and honesty and transparent relationship is so important because then everybody's growing. Yeah. And that's amazing. Yeah, and everybody starts to realise it as a skill, not an occasion. Right. Like it's, I know how to tell somebody that I don't think that that was their best and I'd love to support them to move to the next level. If we have more conversations like that, 
Yes. Especially, you know, we're talking at a moment where we are all pretty much working remotely. These conversations are taking place remotely. Yeah. Like we're no longer kind of going for a coffee or going for a walk to have a conversation, you know, to say, how do you think that meeting went? No, 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 no. We jump off a Zoom call for you to give feedback. You need to decide, do I instant messages to you or do I put something on your calendar? And then if I do that, or do I call it? Yeah. Do I give you some context? Yeah. I send you an email. Do I give you a doc and then say, we'll go through the document? (laughs) Oh, it's so nuanced. But there's ways of doing it really right and ways of doing it really wrong. And I just wish that we embrace it as a skill so we realise we can move from really wrong to really right. Hear, hear. Yeah. (laughs) Love a bit of feedback. Um, So you kind of shared what you're sort of learning at the moment, what your career is really teaching you as an entrepreneur, your skills, your strengths. Um, I guess my, and this can be my final question. Oh, it's my final question. Um, (laughs) But I guess my final question, and it's in three parts. I'm going to make you work hard here. But um, what are the things that you wish you knew at the beginning that you know now that you'd love to just share? Well, at the beginning of, of, of... The entire career. Oh, my gosh. I, I mean... <laughs> I, f- I mean, oh, to put yourself forward, as we've just discussed, so important to be... Not just for doing sake, not just so that you can be a loud voice, but to, to know that your opinions are valued. If I knew that my opinions were valued, I probably would have put them forward earlier. To know that eventually... The world changes, right? So whatever the situation mm-hmm. is now, whether you're in a recession or a pandemic, the world will change. It's an old world. In five years' time, it's going to look completely different to what it is now. So don't stress about the fact that you're not where your peers are. Because mm-hmm. um, it took me slightly longer to qualify in law. And it meant that I felt like, oh, my peers are like up here and here's me trying to trying to get in that door. But there's nothing wrong with that. And it's maybe a better lawyer. And um, probably the last thing is, that you have a, a gift. Everyone has a gift, right? And it just looks slightly different in each person. Um, and it's important not to try and compare yourself to other people because you're made differently. Your USP is different. And that's that's a good thing. So before we wrap up this episode, I would love for you to share with the listeners where they can stay tuned into your journey, find out more about how you practice law. Um, <laughs> And, and a bit more about you and just stay connected uh, so we're at mantalegal.co.uk or you can find me on Instagram at Egbe Manton awesome thank you so much for sharing your journey with us thank you <laughs> listening to this week's episode of the phenomenal career podcast where you hear the how why and what it takes to build a career that stands out don't forget to leave a review and reach out on social media to let us know what you think i'd love to hear from you did you also know you can work with me to create your own phenomenal career through coaching in the career clubhouse you can even invite me to work with your whole team through group coaching and interactive workshops check the links in the show notes for more info As ever, I wish you nothing less than a phenomenal career.